Hello and welcome to the Oklahoma Drill. Uh, this is Ryan here with Alex and we are ready for this weekend. Would you say that's true, Alex? Uh, yes. I, yes. I tweeted yesterday that I'm having trouble focusing on anything else and that remains true today, especially mm -hmm. now that we know kind of where we stand in the college yeah. football playoff rankings mm -hmm. so yeah and those of course came out today OU's five right about I mean I think we both predicted this like um this is exactly what we thought the committee would say and it's cool because it really looks like if <laughs> assuming Alabama handles its business uh OU just has to win and it is in yeah, um, you know, I think, did you watch much of the show? Like, um, release the rankings at all? Not a ton of it, no. Not much. Yeah, so, I did watch um, the, um, I watched the interview with Lincoln. Right. So they were really, really trying to sell the idea of, you know, well, Ohio State, they've got one more chance to, to show everybody that they're worthy and everything, and. You know, if they beat them 59 to nothing like they did Wisconsin a few years ago, then they've got a really good shot. And I think that most of that is just ESPN being ESPN, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, they just, yeah. They just really want people talking about this. So people are thinking about this so that people tune in on Sunday. Like, that is what that is. Absolutely. Um. I, Stuart Mandel and I, I guess, are the only people in the country who think that there's, like, who have even considered the possibility that Georgia loses and stays in the top four, um, which I don't think is likely to happen. But also, like, <laughs> the committee could absolutely be like, oh, well, you know, why you would expect the number four team to lose to the number one team. Um, but no, I don't think that'll happen. Um, yeah. I'm, I mean, Ohio State may very well just lay a pounding on Northwestern, um, whose offense, by the way, is 108th in S&P Plus. Northwestern is a really bad team. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> They're 78th overall in S&P Plus. Yep. Like, they, yeah. like, I, I was listening to somebody talk about them earlier, and it was just like, they do just enough to win. You know? Yeah. They're spectacularly mediocre but they like somehow win have won games this year that mm -hmm. they really shouldn't have won um, yeah yeah win winless in the non-conference and yeah. you know seven and one in the big ten so yeah you know. they're i'm looking at their post-game win expectancy percentages on bill Connolly's advanced stat profiles right now and their highest is 86 percent and an 18 to 15 slug out with rutgers Oof. <laughs> yeah, eighteen like, to fifteen with Rutgers, man. Like that's yeah. bad. Rutgers is terrible. Yeah, in all likelihood, they should have lost to Purdue. They sh definitely should have lost to Nebraska. Um, and their games against Iowa and Illinois are close to being toss-ups. Right. Um, yeah. No. Yeah, this is this Ohio is not State's, a good football team. <laughs> no, and Ohio State. Like, I think it's probably. I think, you know, they're going to have a lot of momentum going in. 
Mm-hmm. And honestly, I am expecting them to kind of put it on Northwestern. Um, I'm not necessarily expecting 59 to nothing, but you know, if you told me they were to go out there and beat them 38 to three or something, that wouldn't surprise me at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think that that should matter. Yeah. One of the things that they talked about tonight was OU has a better schedule than Ohio State does up until this point. And that's not going to be, I mean, that's only going to be helped this weekend by playing yeah. Texas again. Yeah. You know? There is, yeah, there is no metric by which Texas is not a far better team than Northwestern. Um, there is no metric by which, you know, Purdue is not much, much worse than Texas. And right. other than uh, S and P plus, which has them merely three ranks behind, <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> um, but no, you like Ohio State's loss to Purdue was terrible. Ohio State has looked really inconsistent all year, um, and that's not gonna change. Um, right. Well, like, and I, there's there's got to be value in the fact that with OU, you know exactly what you're gonna get, right? Yeah, you know, like OU is like they've been pretty consistent this year, and that their defense is going to play like crap, and their offense is going to win the game for them. You know, and that's just how they go into games. That's the mindset that they approach every game with. And I, I can't tell you what Ohio State's mindset going into any game is. I just there's no way of knowing that. Yeah, they've been so inconsistent. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Hey, this is a wild, just a wild um, diversion. Um, have you heard of the Alliance of American Football? Yeah, so one of my friends texted me about this literally right before we started. Um, and I had never heard of it before. But did I see my man Trevor Knight get drafted? Yeah, it? by the Arizona Hotshots. The Arizona Hotshots. Picked up man. Trevor Knight. and. That's great. I'm excited about this. That doesn't... What this country really needed was more, like, (laughs) minor football leagues. Um, Because, like, this is going to be in direct competition with the proposed revival of the XFL. That's great. This is so good. Mm -hmm. Um, All right, back to college football. (laughs) Um, Yeah, no, and, I mean, the point about consistency was absolutely made in the uh by the talking heads on espn like oklahoma has been the team that they are like their defense is going to allow a lot of points and their offense is going to score more than that (laughs) like Mm -hmm. that's that is obvious but like ohio state like i mean they beat oregon state 77 to 31 giving up 30 points to oregon state is not great um you know they pants rutgers they played tcu like that game was closer even than the score suggests um, you know, they, they beat Penn state by a point. They got absolutely hammered by Purdue. They beat Nebraska by a single score. They beat, um, Michigan state 26 to six in a game that was like, frankly, disgusting to watch. Like, yeah, <laughs> that score is so misleading. That makes Ohio state seem so competent. And it, that is not what happened in that game at all. They won that game right. by punting. Yeah. Yeah, they had a really good performance from the punter. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, yeah, I again like I I felt 
relatively confident going in uh, because just I just don't think, especially at this point, there's no reason to have Ohio State ahead of Oklahoma. But, you know, obviously, as they were kind of running through the rankings, like seeing Texas at 14 was like, oh, crap, they don't value the Big 12 at all. Because, mm-hmm. you know, Texas is top 10 in most every other poll. But here they are, number 14 in the playoff poll. And then Army wasn't in, and that would have been a nice added extra win for the for OU. Mm-hmm. Um and they, they narrowly missed out, I guess. And so that, that had me a little bit nervous going in. And then I saw Michigan only dropping to seven. And I was like, yeah. oh, God, oh, God, oh, God. And then they, they went through and finally got to OU. And I was like, oh, okay. It was how we thought it should be. So, mm-hmm. And I don't know. I just The thing that was most encouraging to listening to the actual playoff guy talk about it because, you know, it wasn't you know, obviously those guys are, they're just, you know, they're the talking head for the committee and like, you can't really trust what they say. Um, mm-hmm. But at the same time, you know, he is going to at least spew stuff that has been discussed, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think it's fairly obvious if you look at the way the committee has approached Oklahoma this year, it's, I mean, they love OU's offense, you know, and they know yeah. that, OU's offense is good enough to keep them in pretty much any game. Otherwise, they probably would have dropped OU after a couple of crappy performances against OSU and Kansas, you know. Yeah. But they've kept them consistent. OU finally had a good performance on the road at West Virginia, and they were rewarded for it. So, I mean, I'm, yeah. I feel pretty confident at this point. It's just, I mean, if we win the game and roll damn tide, if, if Alabama wins, I feel pretty confident that it's going to be us in in the four spot um, come next Sunday. So, yeah. Any more any more thoughts on this subject? Um, like the like the caveat here is that the committee isn't subject to reason. Like they right. don't really have to explain themselves if they decide to completely change how they feel about these two teams based on like this single week's performance. Um, mm-hmm. So anything can happen because I, did, I just, you know, there's no reason to trust the committee to make the right decision. Right. Um, well, or to I, even I, make a consistent decision. I think one of the things, like the committee in its history, the one time that was probably the most, um, I mean, maybe last year, but I think the one that even was more controversial than last year was whenever they put Ohio State in the playoff that first year. Yeah, um, because they had the Baylor and TCU situation and mm-hmm. obviously TCU wound up dropping like three or four spots after winning a game by a lot that weekend, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and my my thought process in that, like, obviously something like that could happen again. But mm-hmm. let's be real. If TCU were Oklahoma, they would have been in the playoff that year. Yeah. If that if one if either Baylor or TCU were it was Oklahoma that year, Oklahoma was in their place. Oh, you would have been in the playoff that year. Yeah. You know, like you can't ignore that. That's kind of how this thing works. You know, the Blue Bloods uh-huh. are going to get the benefit of the doubt more times than not. And yeah. Ohio State was the Blue Blood out of Baylor, TCU, and Ohio State. Ohio State's getting that nod. You know, and they had uh-huh. just beat. A quality Wisconsin team, like, 
Wisconsin was not like a Northwestern team. This was they were a significantly better team than what Northwestern is this year, and they obviously they won by freaking fifty nine points. You know, you have to take that into account. Um, and I think that there was the fact that they just didn't want to have to choose between Baylor and TCU. You know, I think there was yeah. kind of they were kind of dreading that and looking for a way out of having to make that decision because I think they wanted I think they thought TCU was better, but picking the team that lost to the other team is just a bad look. You know, yeah. and yeah. I think that that's really all of those kind of things came into play that year. And that's why Ohio State got in over Baylor or TCU. And mm-hmm. I'm just like, that wouldn't happen to Oklahoma. OU is they're one of the most historically good football programs in college football history. Like, yeah, it's, I mean, it's a national brand. There's yeah. like, um, and not just yeah. like, it's not just that, you know, Oh, it's Oklahoma. It's, we were in the playoff last year, you know? Yeah. And like yeah. that shouldn't matter, but there's no way that it doesn't, you know, mm-hmm. like we're a team that has been probably, I mean, we've been a top five consistent program over the last five years you know, in all of college football, you know, Mm -hmm. maybe the only one that you could look at as, you know, there's maybe only three other programs that you would put above Oklahoma. And that's obviously Alabama, Clemson and Ohio state. Um, But they're right there with those programs, you know? And yeah. So I, I don't think the committee would, they're not going to feel bad about picking Oklahoma over an Ohio state. um, Yeah. This year, like they might have picking a TCU over Ohio state that year. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I agree. I think that it, I mean, it really just does come down to assuming Alabama handles its business, which one thing I don't, did we talk about that on the podcast? Um, the last one we released that, like, there's not a ton of incentive for Alabama to try in this championship game, apart from just like wanting to win a championship game. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Alabama, obviously they're in regardless because I mean, they're just the darling of college football. Everybody thinks mm-hmm. that they're by far the best team in the country. Um, and they're probably right, um, honestly. But I, what I will say is, you know, I, I think Georgia can hang with Alabama. I really do. And I think mm-hmm. if there's a team in the country that can beat Alabama, I think Georgia might be that team. Um, yeah, like, I'm, I, like, I'm just, I am looking at the, um, the S&P Plus for this and, like, it's a three-point game. Yeah, Alabama is like a fifty-seven percent probability winner right. in this. Like, and like the only thing, the only thing I can say is that like, like the counterpoint to that is that Oklahoma or Alabama has won every single game it has played so completely convincingly. Um, right. Like their post-game win expectancies across in every game they have played are one hundred percent. They have left nothing to doubt all season. Right. Um, so to me, like, that's like, you know, it's hard to say that they're going to lose. But right. Georgia's, Georgia's good. Like, and the gap between Alabama and Georgia and Clemson has been closing in right. their statistical ratings. Yeah. And, you know, the reason I think Georgia has a, has a shot is because, I mean – You've got to, I mean, take into account last year, they're going to want revenge, obviously. There's that kind of factor. Uh There's the factor that, like you said, Alabama doesn't have 
massive incentive. Like they're still going to be able to play for a national championship, whether or not they show up on Saturday or not. Uh-huh. Uh, so that could play into it. And then like Georgia, their defense isn't as good as it was last year, but they've kind of done a really good job at being a bend, but don't break defense. Uh-huh. And you know, that might like Alabama has been very, you know, they've had a ton of big plays this year. And, you know, if Georgia makes them drive the length of the field, they might be able to get a lot of stops in the red zone. Uh, yeah. You know, just with that defense. And that that could be something that, you know, Alabama is just not used to. And that might yeah. throw them off a little bit. Yeah. I will say this about Georgia. They are an incredible team across 80 yards of the field. Right. Yeah, because their offense isn't good in the red zone either, right? It. Um, Guess where they rank in goal line success rate? Uh, 84th. 129th. Oh, my goodness. They, yeah, that's they are successful. Great. Their success rate is 28.6% on the, on the goal line. Um, yeah. And they are one of the teams whose defense is giving up a 100% goal line success rate. Really? Wow. Yeah. So, like, like I said, 80 yards of the field, they're awesome. But right. they, they're... They're not good in those final 10 yards. Um, okay. So, like, there's a weakness. So, so are you saying that my idea of their defense being a good bend but don't break defense is actually false? Uh, well, by the numbers? As long as they don't, no, they're, they're great at bending and not breaking until the defense, until teams get to inside the 10. <laughs> like, I got you. Yeah. They're, um, yeah, like they're eighth overall in the country from the 21 to the 30, but they're 103rd in the country from the 11 to the 20. Interesting. Um, okay. Yeah, honestly, I mean, I'm going off of Bill Connolly's, like I've heard him talk about that multiple times, how they're a very good bimbo do break defense. So, well, yeah, <laughs> Bill, because like you look at their defense and like they have like a few truly abysmal rankings, like. Third and long, they're terrible. Um, third and short, they're terrible. Third and um, oh wait, no, never mind. That's sorry, I was looking at these wrong. They're actually really good on third and long. <laughs> and yeah, third, okay. um, they're yeah, they're really good on third down, but they're like terrible at keeping teams to third and like they just allow a ton of like relatively easy third downs and then like okay. successfully stop teams on them. Gotcha. So, yeah, in that sense, they are a pretty good bend, but don't break defense. It's just whenever they get near a goal line, something starts misfiring. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, just, uh, you know, I think that that might be something that, you know, I mean, Alabama has really shown no weaknesses this year. I mean, they're they're a great football team. Um, they have an incredibly overrated quarterback, but I'm just kidding. Two is really good. I just mm-hmm. – I hate Tua because he's going to win Kyler's Heisman. That's really it. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. No, I – and what I will say about this game is, you know, it's going to take a an unbelievable effort from Jake Fromm, and I'm not sure Jake Fromm can do it, you know? Like, yeah. I don't think Jake Fromm's bad. I think he's actually a pretty decent quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's also not the kind of quarterback that gives Alabama problems at all. You yeah. Know? So, in from that standpoint, 
you know, you kind of, yeah, you definitely favor Alabama. And I think Alabama, you know, I give them an 80% chance to win this game probably, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is that that 20% that's going to have me kind of glued to, to CBS whenever that game's on on Saturday. Yeah. This is going to be a great game. Like, this has this is in all rights as good a game as any of the playoff games will be. Like, right. you should watch. Yeah. And honestly, I mean, I think Georgia, you know, you talked about, you know, you and Stuart Mandel are the two people on earth that think that they have a chance to make it either way. And it would be utterly ridiculous if they did. Oh, yeah. Well, because for one thing, it would set up an immediate rematch. Yeah. Because, yeah, it would be they'd play each other two games in a row. Um, but I do think Georgia is really good. I think they're probably a top four team in the country. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but like, obviously, you know, if I had my way, like, I don't think Notre Dame is a top four team in the country by any means. So mm-hmm. um, that that doesn't really matter, you know. So, I mean, I you say like who you want the four best teams, but really the only way to do it is to put the four most deserving teams in. You know, and if yeah, they're like, like last there's year, not a well, like last year, there was, I mean, the argument between Alabama and Ohio State, like, I think those two teams were about as close as it gets in terms of who deserved to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, and so at that point, I think, you know, who do you think is truly the better team as a nice tiebreaker? If yeah. both teams are equally qualified to be in that position, then sure, go ahead and put the team that's the best team in there and, you know, and they might go win a national championship like Alabama did. Um, but, I mean, I don't think Notre Dame is a top four team, but I think they should be in the playoff because they won all of their games. You know? Yeah. I mean, this is the sort of thing where, like, I mean, honestly, this is the problem with having a four-team playoff is that, like, teams can do – can have a really great season and take care of their business, and it won't be enough. Like, it's – because it's just – it's unlikely to go undefeated. It's just really unlikely for a team to go undefeated. And yeah. so you end up with teams like Oklahoma and Ohio State who have one loss and are, like, hoping things fall the right way. And same with Georgia. Like, Georgia is an incredible team, and they won't make the playoff because they're in the same conference as Alabama. And that's pretty much it. Right. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Absolutely. And, I mean, that's, I mean, that's been a problem for a lot of SEC teams over the last yes. few years is that yes. you know, there's been some really good football teams not get – into the playoff or get into the national championship because they, they just weren't as good as Alabama, you know? Um, okay. So I guess we should probably talk about OU's football game this weekend since we're pretty far into the podcast at this point. Yeah. Um, so obviously a rematch against Texas, um, S and P plus projects Oklahoma to win this game by more than two touchdowns. Um, they give Texas a win probability of 19%. Yeah. Um, a few things Guys, about Texas. Do it. Just, I just want to say real quick. OU's going to win this weekend. It is going to happen. I think there is a significantly better chance that Georgia beats Alabama than Texas beats OU again. I agree. Like in that, I think that the chance of Georgia beating Alabama is almost like one in one in two to one in three, and. Mm-hmm. Texas wins this game maybe one out of every six or seven times it is played. And they've already won it once. So, right. Right. 
OU is going to, like, mark it down. Absolutely. I, I'm not. I, I'm really trying to go to this game because I am really excited about, like, I want to I want to be there when we win a Big 12 championship for the fourth year in a row, maybe punch our ticket to the playoff. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, tell me, okay, tell me the scenario in which Texas wins this, like, map it out for me. Um, Oklahoma turns the ball over three times. Three turnovers? Yeah. Okay. Um, and Texas is able to capitalize on all of them. All of them, um, yep. That's it. That's um, the scenario. To me, that's the scenario. Um, right. Some facts about Texas's offense. Um, we, I mean, we've already talked about this game. Yeah. Um, not a lot has changed. Texas is still a weird, mediocre team that can't make big plays happen and should have lost more games this year. Yep. Um, their defense is bad. <laughs> like, and you know, you can say I'm one to talk being a fa- fan of the Oklahoma Sooners, but their defense is bad. Um, yeah, what are they? They're 50th in S&P Plus, right? 50th in S&P Plus, but if you look into the specifics, like, they allow... They're 81st in the country in allowed success rate. They're 69th in the country in isolated points per possession or play. I forget what this third P stands for in that. Um, <laughs> I think it's per play. Yeah, I think it is too. Yeah, I, yeah, because it's an explosiveness measure. That makes more yeah. sense, yeah. I, yeah, so in isolated points per play, they're 69th in the country. Um, like, I, it's like you just look for things that this defense does well, um, and it's like... They don't allow very many large rushing plays. They don't allow explosive rushing plays very often. Right. Um, that's about it. Um, they're good at, and they're like good at stuffing people on the goal line. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I guess, you know, that could be a way that they are able, you know, they, we have a couple red zone chances and we're not able to score touchdowns and we have to settle for field goals. Yeah. And we don't lose this game unless our defense plays just as bad as it did in October. Mm-hmm. Um, like they have to put out just a crap performance, like just pure crap. Like they have to play as bad as they did against Kansas. Mm-hmm. Um, having not learned anything from their previous meeting with Texas, like that's pretty much got to happen. And then Kyler's got to turn it over two or three times, you know, because look at like last game, our defense played as poorly as they could play. Yeah. Kyler turned it over twice. And our run game wasn't there yet. You know, we were still, we still didn't really know what we were doing without Rodney Anderson. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like we have Kennedy clicking on all cylinders now. Trey Sermon is, you know, he hasn't been healthy, but he's still played a little bit. You know, I think, you know, another week he might be a a little bit more healthy to play a little bit more. Mm -hmm. Um, Our offensive line is abusing people. Like, go back and watch what our offensive line did to West Virginia and tell me that you're worried about this game. Yeah. You know, like Creed Humphrey. Have you watched Creed Humphrey and how amazing he is? He's so good. And he's like. Oh my God, he has so hit his stride and things. Yeah, they put, um, like he was going up against Kenny Bigelow against uh, West Virginia. Kennedy Kenny Bigelow 
is like a sixth or seventh year senior. He's probably <laughs> 24 years old. And Creed Humphrey is a 19-year-old redshirt freshman that absolutely made Kennedy or Ken, Kenny Bigelow look awful. Multiple yeah. times. There were just times where like he would let Kenny Bigelow get somewhere because he knew he could just push him over if he let him get to this part, you know, get to that point, you know? It yeah. was just embarrassed like he just embarrassed him over and over again. Creed Humphrey's awesome. Yeah. Like he's by the time like, good. By the time Creed Humphrey is an upperclassman, he will be an award winning center. Yeah. Well, and the thing is, he might not ever make it to being an upperclassman. Like that yeah. dude if there's a first round center out there, it's him, you know, yeah. like he is the, I mean, I remember Travis Frederick from Wisconsin a few years ago, went in the first round. Creed Humphrey has got that kind of talent, if not more, mm-hmm. you know? And like, so, I mean, we might be watching one of the two years that Creed Humphrey plays at OU right now, um, mm-hmm. which kind of sucks because we're going to have to replace him after we might have to replace him after next year. But still, I mean, we have one of the best centers in the country, killing people right now yeah and he's one of the lesser known guys on our offensive line because the rest of them are multi-year starters and they're just demoralizing people you know so like he no creed humphrey is going to be like absolutely on remington trophy watch list next year maybe the like the favorite yeah absolutely you know and so i just like I don't know, I don't know how Texas wins this game. I really, really don't. Like the only way it does is if it plays out pretty much identically to the way that it did in October, and I just don't see how that happens. Yeah, and like the thing about that is that if this game was exactly the same as the one in October, Texas still loses that game one in every ten, like nine out of ten times. Right. Yeah. Like if these teams play at exactly those levels. Oklahoma wins that wins this game. Like, yep. Yeah. Um, no, and I think that it's yeah, it's unbelievable. Like, it's truly frustrating to me that we lost that game. And I was so mad. Like, that was one of the maddest I've ever been after a game because mm-hmm. I just we had no business losing. Um, our defense was embarrassing, and even if our defense is embarrassing this week. Our offense is clicking at a level that it wasn't even close to back in October. Yeah. Hey, you want to know an interesting stat about the Texas game that's just, like, worth remembering? Kennedy Brooks had three carries. Yeah, three carries. (laughs) Yep. We didn't – we hadn't figured it out yet. No, we had not. And, like, I feel honestly – I feel pretty similar to how I did last year going in and playing TCU. Um. And that I just, like, everyone knew we were going to win that game. Gary Patterson knew we were going to win that game, you know? And, I mean, Tom Herman's just not the kind of guy that's going to come out. Like, like the way Gary Patterson talked about it, like, Mm -hmm. that guy knew he was losing that week. You know, he was talking about rules and all kinds of – he was talking about Baker Mayfield being a jerk and all that. And you're like, Mm -hmm. he he doesn't think his team has has a chance. And Tom Herman's not that guy. He's not going to do that. Yeah, um, but I I don't think that they think they can beat us again. I really yeah. don't. Yeah. Sam Ellinger, like, okay, can we talk about Sam Ellinger and Kyler Murray? <laughs> Sam Ellinger, God, I hate his stupid face so much. Um, yeah, 
like yeah, you and he has you massively and... improved his decision making this year. Um, yeah, I'll give him that. Sure, but for like sure. that that was from a floor of zero, <laughs> essentially. Oh yeah. No, I mean Sam Ellinger is a good quarterback. I'm not gonna argue that fact, but my God, that guy is the worst. Yeah. Like. I have to give him credit in that he did respond to Kyler in the most appropriate manner. He um, did. With the okay, cool hook him. Like, you know, good for him. Like, that was the the absolutely correct response. Yeah. But I don't, I, I don't even care who was right or wrong in that end-of-game scenario. Like, I don't care if, like, Kyler made it up and he was like, yeah, he came up on me after they won the game. And I don't care. I I don't care if he was just going up to like shake his hand. Like I don't care. I despise how that situation has been. Like I s- despise Sam Ellinger for how that went down. I do. Yeah. And I don't even know if he was wrong. I just I hate him. I absolutely <laughs> hate him. Yeah. Well, okay. So here's some thing about things about Sam Ellinger. He's thrown six three hundred and sixty two passes for twenty seven hundred yards. He's averaging six point eight yards an attempt. Kyler is averaging nearly double that. <laughs> yep. Nearly double that. Kyler is completing 70% of his passes. Um, Kyler is has run for uh, like 400 more yards than he has. Yeah. Um, it's te- Texas fans will want to tell you that Sam Ellinger is a better quarterback than Kyler Murray because they played and he won, and it's just not true. Right. It isn't. And like that's, I mean, to me, and that, that's one of the things that we don't know. Like, Kyler is obviously going to be all-time motivated to play well in this game. Like, you saw yeah. how he was after the Texas game yeah. um, earlier in the season. And we don't know what that Kyler Murray looks like. If this were Baker Mayfield, we would know that he's going to go and throw, like, 35 of 36 and be unbelievable. Like, we would yeah. know that. We don't really know what Kyler is like after, you know, in a rematch situation. Um, yeah. This but is what I, what I this say, is Kyler. This is the first time Kyler has ever attempted to avenge a loss. Yeah, absolutely. But you know, if the way Kyler reacts to mistakes within the game is any, if that is any indication of how he's going to react in this game, he's going to play really, really well on yeah. Saturday. I think that um, there is reason to be excited about watching Kyler Murray this Saturday, as there yeah. is every Saturday. But like. I feel like something really special might happen. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, I would really like for him to get over the 4,000 yard passing mark and the 1,000 yard rushing mark in this game. I mean, it would take a massive effort. It would take 147 yards on the ground. Yeah. Um, but I'd like to see it. I'm ready for it. Yeah. They would be a 350 150 game, which yeah. has anyone ever had a 350 150 game? I have no idea. I mean, I'm sure, you know, maybe, like, a person has done it, but it, I'm sure it hasn't happened much. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, no, I, I'm very, very excited. And, like, I'm trying to think, have, have we ever been this confident about, a, confident about a game and been wrong? Um, I mean. Probably last year's Iowa State, but. Last year's Iowa State. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Like, I mean, but that was so I don't know. That just wasn't even on the radar, you know? It was yeah, like just no. a, it was just another game. Mm-hmm. And the reason why we lost that, like it, it just 
we lost that because we just didn't execute and it wasn't a big game. And like, yeah, the issues we had in that game, we would not have had in a championship setting, you know? No. Yeah, I agree. No, I don't. I don't think we've ever been this confident about a game and lost. I think that there's very little chance we lose. Yeah. I, um, I think that Kyler is going to play his guts out. I think it's going to mm-hmm. be amazing. I don't know what the defense is going to do. But yeah. if they do no, anything I mean, at all positive, it'll be better than what they did last, last time these teams played. I say all of this. I'm still terrified of little Jordan Humphrey. The guy's a freak of nature. Like, mm-hmm. I understand that still. But I think having Caleb Kelly in that Sam position, I think we're going to be more effective against the run than what we were. I mean, Ryan Jones and Mark Jackson were our edge guys in that game. And now it's Kenneth Mann and Ronnie Perkins with Caleb Kelly helping out too. And that's just a lot more, that's just, I mean, bigger human beings, first of all, Mm -hmm. which will help. Um, And I just think, probably higher level football players at this point, at least. Um, yeah. You know, and I, you know, Caleb Kelly played a little bit in that game at the will and he was terrible. Um, I think he's, you know, he played one of his best games last week Yeah, um, at that Sam and he might be kind of coming into his own for this season um, at that new Sam position. Well, the old Sam position, but new for this season. Um, and I think that's something that could help. Um Last thing, really, on the D. How much do we think we'll see Buki? I don't know. You know, I I haven't heard coaches talk about it at all. But, uh-huh. like, I mean, maybe Buki's a guy who is going to, like, bounce back from this because that was bad. Um, or, I don't know, maybe, maybe Buki was hurt. Maybe, I don't, who knows? Probably wasn't hurt. It was probably just bad. Um, but yeah, I don't really know. We'll see some of, we'll see some of him sometime. I'm sure. Um, I can't, um, yeah, we'll see. I'm, I mean, that's, that's another interesting thing. I like, how does Buki bounce back in a rivalry setting from the worst game of his career so far? Um, yeah, no, I think, you know, there honestly might not be as, as, much opportunity for him to play like if he's not gonna because they benched him the last couple possessions um, yeah and had delarian turner yell and robert barnes out there at the the safeties and if they decide to start delarian turner yell instead of him we might only see him in nickel formations and you know texas isn't a team that you're going to be in the nickel as much as you are against a team like west virginia so um, I think that'll be interesting to see whether or not they have enough faith in him to bounce back the way, you know, they, you know, hopefully, I hope they do. I think that, um, I still think he has some potential and I think that the best version of this defense has Buki playing well. Um, yeah, yeah. but I just, I don't know if we're going to see that this year. Yeah, we'll see. Um, and he, like anything else about this this defense score, or score predictions? Uh, one thing. Oh, one thing that I don't think I, we got to in our last episode that I think is okay. worth mentioning is that like Marquise Brown is back. Like, yeah, Marquise Brown back. feels healthy finally again. Yeah. Um, and like this team notices when he's not able to break the back of a defense, and he's able to do that again. 
and like that's just another way in which this team is unstoppable. Yeah. Um, yeah. Score prediction. Um, I'm gonna say something like forty-five thirty-three. Forty-five thirty-three. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna say fifty-two. Okay. Kind of sticking with our S and P plus number. Fifty-two to thirty-one. Um, now I have to check. I'm checking to see if what you just said is that Texas is a perfectly average team. Um, let's see here. So Oklahoma's offensive S&P plus is 52. And Oklahoma's defensive S&P plus is, give me some time to scroll. Um, what the hell, where is it? Oh, this is FBI rating here. That, well, you know, you, now you, you just got to make me check you. I, I went to FEI ratings on accident. That's a shame. Um, but I think, uh, I think I'm about to have it. Yeah. You said that what you're saying is that Texas is a perfectly average team. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. 52.4 uh, and 30.6 is our, our, our ratings. Those are, our awesome. S&P, those are the S&P ratings. Yeah. Um, that's yep. funny. <laughs> Hey, that's how I feel. That's how I feel about Texas. They're I think average. they're an average football team that played their best game of the season against us the first time, and we played our worst game of the season against them, and they beat us by three points. And we are so, so, so much better than we were back then. Mm-hmm. And I feel like they're basically the same, you know? Yeah. So no. I'm – how do we feel – okay. You know, obviously, Texas is feeling really, really good about themselves. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they think that they're back. Like, they're they're yeah. playing for a nap. Like, can we, okay, real quick. We need to talk about Tom Herman's insistence that this team is, is an overachieving football team. Yeah, and it's really annoying. He is just, he's just the worst. Like, saying that this team overachieved is literally saying that they, like, this is you. Like, that's like, there's no other way to say, like, I did this, you know? Yeah. Um, like, well, like, and you can argue that he's saying that they're just playing their hearts out, but like, no. Stop it. Yeah. What, that's, yeah. No. A, this team isn't overachieving. This is a Texas team that's been recruiting really well um, yeah. and has gotten middling results in an average conference. This conference uh, is bad this year. This is not a good year for the Big 12. Yeah, it, it is a really, it's, yeah, it's. And they're the second best team in an average Big 12. Yeah, you you lost three games in an average Big Twelve. Um, they well, lost to Maryland. They did lose to Maryland. <laughs> no, this team has not overachieved. This team has achieved. They have achieved. That's <laughs> they it. have achieved. Yeah, um, and I think and, if you look at a lot of the close games that they've won, like, can't you like? Couldn't you see them going seven and five next year? You know, you actually totally could because their second order wins by, per S and P plus is seven point three. S and P plus thinks that they should have gone seven and five. Yep. Um. Yeah. God, they're. I'm so mad that we lost to them. Like it's, that, the fact that they've been able to hang their hat on that win all year drives me crazy. I'm sure it drives our players crazy. Do you know who they play week two next year? Who do they play week two next year? They play LSU. 
Oh, they're going to get their ass kicked. We're going to get Coach O versus <laughs> Tom Herman. It is at home. That might be a decent game. That that might act, be a decent yeah, game. that could be interesting. Um, so that's going to be a very interesting game. But, like, yeah, they've got to go to West Virginia next year. They're at TCU next year. I think TCU is going to be much better. They're never terrible two years in a row. Mm-hmm. Um, at Iowa State, at Baylor, like Texas is going seven and five next year. Yeah. Mark it, mark it down, folks. Mark yeah. it down. They're not back. <laughs> they're not back. No, they aren't back. Yeah, they're going to lose. They're going to lose Brecken Hager. Man, how are you going to be replace a guy like that? <laughs> how are you going to replace Brecken Hager? Brecken Hager has twenty five and a half tackles on the season. He's the worst. Two and a half sacks, man. Two and a half Two sacks. Two and a half sacks. Twelve run stuffs. What a trash player. What a trash yeah. football player. Yeah. God. He has forced one fumble. He's God. And he's so and the ad- fumble he like I'm pretty sure the fumble he forced was the one where Kyler was trying to like stop Go his t- ball with the ball. With the ball. Yeah. Wasn't great. Not the greatest decision in the world. No, but yeah. Ugh, I hate I hate him. I hate him. Yeah, he's the worst. Um, Is that there right? are a lot of dudes on this team that are the worst. Um, I um, You did, talking about Texas playing LSU next year, did make me flip over to LSU's statistical profile and reminded me that Leonard Fournette's brother is on this team. And his name and is that, Leonard. And that his name is Leonard Fournette. Yeah. I laughed a lot when I saw that. Like, that's incredible. I love when names are, like, super similar like that. Yes. It's really um, – it's good. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. You're going to have senior Lennard Fournette and senior Joe Burrow coming at you guys next yeah. year, Texas. So, watch out. I have a question. What's your um, question? I'm just looking at our schedule for next year mm-hmm. and Texas's schedule and just whatever – does everybody have two bye weeks next year? That's what I'm seeing. I see two bye weeks on our schedule, and that's definitely not a normal thing. Is there just like an extra weekend? I guess there's five Saturdays in November next year. That must be it. So that's why we're getting an extra an extra bye week. Let's see. So we've got a bye um, after Texas. I don't see our second bye. Are you You're talking oh, about 2019? I'm I'm looking at this year's schedule. What am I doing? Yeah, yeah. Don't do that. They they have a bye <laughs> after they play UCLA on September 21st, which is after the third game, and then they have a bye after they play Kansas State on October. There, that one's on November 2nd. So yeah, and there's five there's five Saturdays in November next year. So okay, well that's I don't why. like I don't like two bye weeks. I don't like one bye week. I mean, I know they're needed, but like, yeah, I don't like it. Yeah, you know, and it's like it's not even like we get. I mean, we're playing Tech after a bye week next year at home, and Iowa State at home, so it's not even like it's going into a big game that we get a bye week. Mm-hmm. That's annoying. I don't like the schedule. <laughs> yeah. Um. Okay. So, do we have anything else to say while we're here? Yeah, so last thing. Right. Um, yeah, so uh, the news came out today that Khalil Tate is transferring from Arizona. Uh-huh. And 
my initial thought was, OMG, I hope he's a grad transfer because he could come in and fill in next year and he could kind of bridge the gap between Kyler and Spencer. Mm-hmm. Because I just still like the idea of Spencer Rattler coming in in the fall and winning the job is just super unlikely to me. Yeah. Um. So, well, I guess I mean first first of all we should clear it up. I don't think Khalil Tate's going to be a grad transfer. He's um, a true junior this year, unless he's just a genius and whatever and graduated in three you know, years. Well, he is going to Arizona. Yeah, it's true. You know what? Maybe he pulled a Deshaun Watson and graduated in three years and he's going to be ready, which it's weird that I haven't seen anything like talking about that. Like it's just been Mm -hmm. Khalil Tate transferring, like nothing about what kind of transfer, just that he was transferring. Um, And I don't know, like the thing that got me excited was there was a, a reporter that just talked about, you know, he said, call it a hunch, but my guess is that when Khalil Tate transfers, he ends up at Oklahoma. Yeah. Like, so Tate one... was an early enrollee. He was? Yeah. Okay. Um, so there's a chance he will be a graduate transfer, depending on how he did his first semester of college. Khalil, get them, get them credits through, bro. Yeah. Get those credits through and come to Oklahoma. I'll, like, Okay, the way I think of this. Think of this from Khalil Tate's standpoint. He mm-hmm. has just completed a year in which he was criminally mismanaged yeah. by Kevin Sumlin and Noel Mazzoni. W- wouldn't the, one of the things he looks at is the last quarterback that Kevin Sumlin criminally mismanaged? That might be something he would look at if he's not the biggest Khalil or the biggest Kevin Sumlin fan. Mm-hmm. And that is obviously he's going to find the name Kyle Murray. Mm-hmm. And he's going to see what Kyler Murray did at Oklahoma this year, which, you know, has had one of the best seasons of all time. He's going to wind up in New York. He's going to get robbed of the Heisman Trophy. And wouldn't you, as Khalil Tate, being a guy who thought he would be a Heisman contender this year, think, huh, maybe I should put myself in that offense and see what can happen? Yeah. Uh, and the answer is yes. You would absolutely have all these thoughts. Um Khalil Tate absolutely was. Khalil Tate had 60 rushes this year. Um, that's including sacks pulled out of that. Um, but like, that's like no question about how many of those are designed, how many of those are scrambles. Like, that's yeah. criminal. Like, JJ Taylor had 255 rushing plays this year. Yep. Um, and Khalil Tate had 60. Yeah, he went um, from averaging 9.2 yards a carry to three yards a carry. Yeah. Like. Just incredibly stupid. Like, they basically tried to make him into a pocket-passing quarterback, Mm -hmm. which is probably the dumbest thing you could do with Khalil freaking Tate. Yeah. Um, But, you know, um, you know, Kevin someone, not – nobody's accusing him of being the greatest coach of all time or anything. Mm -hmm. Um, So, my – okay. So, obviously, we'd love to have him as a grad transfer, like – that would be incredible. Like he could come in and play next year. I think Lincoln would get him to New York. Like Khalil Tate's not, he's not necessarily in the mold of the last two guys we've had mm-hmm. and that he's not quite the passer that those guys were, but he is 
a dynamic runner. Like, yeah, the dude ran for fourteen hundred yards last year. Mm-hmm. Fourteen hundred yards. Um, put him with Lincoln and see what he can do. Like, I that's that's getting to New York. I'm telling you. Yeah, and it's not like I mean this year. He wasn't super healthy all season, but he wound up throwing 26 touchdowns, only seven interceptions. Mm-hmm. Like, that's that's pretty good numbers. You yeah, know? that's not terrible like he, at all. He only completed 56% of the passes, but if you think about the talent yeah. upgrade that's going to be around him at Oklahoma, yeah, like you look at it's going to be um, easy for him. Yeah, his receiver's catch rate is, they're all really low. <laughs> like, yeah. His, like, Shun Brown caught 74% of his target, of his targets and nobody else caught above 70 like yep. hanging out in the 50s and 60s and that's just not the case with the receivers at Oklahoma um yeah I I mean Khalil Tate would be I mean if you're a quarterback graduating or if you're a quarterback looking to transfer somewhere Oklahoma has got to be basically the first place you consider at this yeah. point yeah, just, unless you're unless you're like a freaking statue type guy that can't move at all, uh-huh. you know. If you're like a mobile guy that is a pretty good dual threat quarterback, like OU is the place that you would look, right? Like, yeah. And I know I'm biased, and I look at OU, but like I've seen a lot of like throwing Auburn around, and I'm just think about how incredibly average Jarrett Stidham has looked at Auburn. Yeah. Like, and like the other thing about Auburn average. is that they're firing their head coach this year, I guess. Yeah, yeah. And if, if they don't, <laughs> they're going to be doing the same damn thing next year where they're thinking about firing him next year. Yeah. Like it's going to happen. Um, so I just, to me, like you got to look at the situation and think, oh, I could go there and, and win a Heisman Trophy, you know? And like yeah. even even if he's not a grad transfer, I would still love to have him here. Even, you know, even if we don't yeah. have him next year, like, let's say Austin Kendall plays next year. Um, I mean, it, it it's not quite as clean that way because he would have to beat out a returning starter in all likelihood, which yeah. is weird. But, I mean, think about it. if he ever started at Oklahoma, I think you're looking at a pretty ridiculous offense again. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, and like, I don't know. Again, I think, I think it's something time. to keep, keep yeah. your eyes on. The timing of this is so perfect, too. And it's with Kevin Sumlin. And, like, right. legitimately, like, let's just trade quarterbacks again. It yeah. works so well. well. We'll give Kevin Sumlin the quarterback that he wanted Khalil Tate to be. We'll give him Austin Kendall, and we'll yeah. just take Khalil Tate. I'm, I'm fine with that trade. Let's make the yeah. trade. Um, <laughs> we'll we'll, call up we'll, Kevin. Throw in, we'll throw in a future walk-on slot receiver. Yeah. Yeah. Next time, next time we get a slot receiver, no, we'll throw in Drake Stoops. Screw it. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Bob. We'll Sorry, throw in Bob. Drake Stoops. Yeah. You know. He can he can get advice on you know, all the bars in Tucson. That's right. <laughs> from his uh, from his uncle. That's right. Absolutely. That was a good pull, by the it way. Was. I had completely spaced on where the University of Arizona is. I can't remember <laughs> which one is in Tucson and which one is in Tempe. Uh, yeah, Arizona State's in Tempe. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, that's, I mean, that's really all I have. I think that, you know, Khalil Tate, I mean, keep your eyes out and kind of see where he ends up because, I mean, it, no matter what, it's going to be pretty interesting. But 
I think I think OU would be interested, and I think he should be interested in OU. Like, there's no reason mm-hmm. not to be. Um, I guess I mean one more thing. Um, Cliff Kingsbury to USC. It's looking like it might be the thing. That's I, I mean that's that's interesting. I think fan. it makes sense. You know what my favorite thing about that is? He's not going to Alabama. He's not going to Alabama. He wouldn't be going to Alabama if he's at USC. Yeah. So that would be my favorite thing about it. And like Cliff Kingsbury with Amon Ross St. Brown and uh, JT Daniels. It's pretty interesting. Yeah, that'll do. That'll pretty work. Interesting stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, that's all. That's all I got. We're going to win this weekend, guys. We are absolutely going to win this weekend. Thank you for listening to the Oklahoma Drill. Um, you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or at the Google Play Store. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at Alex P. Purdy and at RW Maxi. And if you've enjoyed the podcast, leave a review or share it with a friend. And we will see you guys after the Big 12 Championship. <laughs>